Episode 83, The Pre-Show. You're listening to Mud Stories, a podcast dedicated to bringing you inspiration in your muddiest moments, hope to make it through your mud, and encouragement for you to know you are never, ever alone. Welcome to the show. I am so very excited to be with you this week, and I'm so thankful that you've chosen to join me too. Today we have a new format, new music. My husband is here. I just can't wait for our time together. And before we get started, I just want to make sure you have subscribed to this show. I don't want you to miss even one episode. I would love to get that in your hands as soon as I release it. So all you have to do to make sure you're subscribed is go to JackieWatkins.com forward slash iTunes. You can subscribe, rate and review the show. I read every single review and I love to read your feedback. It's such an encouragement to me. Also, if you are listening in the Purple Podcast app, you can just click on the artwork of this show and underneath there there will be a link where you can subscribe rate and review I'd be so thankful for you to do that this week on the show I've invited my husband to join me and he is here and we're gonna dive right in here we go (laughs) are you losing it (laughs) you're losing it aren't you hi (laughs) so ridiculous the recording is on oh okay you agreed to come be interviewed by me. I'm happy to be interviewed by you. Well, I like you. You interview me all the time. <laughs> Any chance you get, I get the 50 questions. Uh, How is I... your day? Every aspect of it. So being interviewed by you is part of my life and I enjoy it. <laughs> I like you too. Okay, so we just heard some new music. I've been working really hard on picking music for this show. And you help me. It's one of those things I interviewed you with 50 questions about, right? Yes, that's true. Yeah, this time I, I did participate, but we were looking for music that was already already been created. So it was easy just going through a thousand different songs and seeing what might fit Mud Stories. And this one, I think, does a good job. I know. You helped me a lot. You did a lot of the screening of a lot of the tracks i mean you must have listened to over 100 for sure oh more than that but i would just set them into to a favorites box and then you could pull up the favorites and play them and and then toss them out i suppose when they weren't quite what you were looking for but yeah it was a good process i did ask if there were any questions that anybody had for you and One of the ones I want you to answer is one from Christina, and this is what she asked. Jackie, this is Christina calling from Maryland. I have to know about your intro song. Please don't change it. I love it. It's what got me hooked on your podcast. But please tell me more about that song, if it's your family singing, if it's available for purchase on iTunes. I'd just love to hear more. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, she's very so, nice. So Christina likes the song. Are, yeah. are we disappointing Christina that we're changing the song? I don't know. 
Sorry, Christina. Why don't you tell everybody, tell everybody the history behind the Mud Stories song? Well, when you first started Mud Stories, we knew we needed a song that would kind of be a theme song that worked with the podcast. And I believe that you wanted something that was, that, you know, had guitar, had bass, kind of had, had that kind of feel to it. And so we started looking around and I actually found one online and I forget the name of it. Oh, I remember it. that. And it, it had the concept of kind of mud stories. In I think the, it in, was called the mud song. The mud song. We really liked it. In fact, I thought, well, that's, it works from a theme standpoint and it I also, totally remember that. also it, had the right sound. It, it did have the right sound, and it had the right words. It was kind of, wasn't really bluegrassy, but I don't know. It was just different. But I sent an email to the company or whatever, the managing company. It, no, it was just a family that yeah. that uh, had written it, but mm-hmm. I think they had a management company yeah. that you had to interact with. Yep. That didn't go well. Well, it ended up being kind of a ridiculous amount of money, and I think it was at that point that I said, let me just write a song that mm-hmm. has, you know, Mud Stories as the theme, the concepts of Mud Stories, and maybe has a similar kind of uh, feel to it. Obviously, this the song I ended up with was quite a bit different, but yeah, we got the whole family to sing. Uh, once I wrote the song, um, I think you helped me with some lyrics, Yeah, and um, we got the kids together. I should probably back up just a little bit. That song was recorded in our front piano room. We call it a piano room because the piano's in there and then a bunch of other instruments. All of our kids are are on different instruments. But I think I played all the instruments to that song, just one at a time, throwing them on a track. I think and, you used to garage band. Yeah. Yeah, garage band. Yeah. And uh <laughs> I remember and you then, were in there playing your guitar. You recorded that. Yeah. And then you put another track, you played the upright bass. That's right. And then yeah, didn't you a... like learn a couple chords on the mandolin just to do that? Oh yeah, song? yeah. I mean I played the mandolin, I played the upright bass. Yeah, that's that's my son Lucas's bass. And I played my own acoustic. Uh when you say upright bass, you mean like a, a big a, violin that's like tall. Yeah, it's a it's a double yeah. double bass, and uh, then got all the pieces down. Used uh, Garage Band's some of their uh, drumming stuff. I think I actually did one of the drumming patches myself, just hitting the side of my guitar. <laughs> so when it was all finished, then I brought the kids in, and you, and we recorded the vocals, and the rest is. <laughs> The rest is history, even down to the laughing at the very end of the track. It was just... Uh, and the cricket song, the, the cricket sound out of GarageBand. That right? was out of GarageBand, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, I just, I don't know. I just felt like there was a need for a change. It felt, it was starting to feel kind of hokey to me. And I just wanted more energy at the beginning of the show. Something that was more driving. Something that was more exciting. And like, I felt like that song... While I like it, it's just kind of, dun, 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 dun. you know, it's just well, it's, it's it, it it doesn't have the doesn't pa- propel the, it doesn't have the passion that you're looking for. So yeah. the combination of the strings and the piano on this new track is compelling and and passionate. So I do think that it's a good choice, and I do think it has just the qualities that you're looking for for Mud Stories. Okay, well, I'm so thankful that you helped me pick it out because I was seriously getting overwhelmed with all of those tracks. It was just like. Ah, they're all starting to sound the same. And I needed a different perspective to know, okay, well, what does this music make you feel? Because that's really what I was looking for. 
how music would set the pace for how it would make a person who listened feel. And I'm just really happy with this one, how it turned out. It has little patches that can be inserted in here and there. And, you know, if I, if I wanted to do that in the middle of an interview or something, music can be used for that. And I mean, not that I'm going to get all serial on us or anything for those of you that listen to serial. Uh, it's a podcast. Uh, anyway, so uh, I, I really like this music. I hope everybody, everybody falls in love with it as much as, as we have. So thanks for your help. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, well, I wanted to start something kind of new on the show. And you and I have been talking about how sometimes, well, a lot of times, my Mud Stories interviews are kind of heavy. Heavy in the sense of we dive into some really hard things, some mud that someone's faced, and we talk about issues that are really deep and serious and don't have much of an opportunity to talk about lighthearted things or trivial things or things you know we're liking or loving or... You know, that sort of stuff, like small talk kind of stuff, like warm-up kind of stuff. Almost like a pre-show. Well, I think it's a great idea because the truth is, I know that often when you get ready to interview somebody for the podcast, you actually spend some time in advance just shooting the breeze. And some of that stuff is... (laughs) I like to talk. Yeah, you do. But there's, you know, a lot of that stuff is really fun interesting things about the person you know that you get to know kind of the person more from some of the recorded material well not recorded but some of the things that are said prior to the beginning of the recording right just to get each other comfortable i mean you can't just dive right in what's your mud (laughs) right no (laughs) so it's it's good stuff and i think i would think for the listener uh of your podcast that hearing from the person and maybe a little more of a light-hearted setting in other words things about their lives other than the deeper issues that are surrounding them at that moment uh, because they're more to, there's more to our lives than just deep mud issues I mean we have moments of laughter we have moments of uh, of fun with our families we have our own lives that we that we are trying to uh, maneuver and it's all good and so I think the idea of a pre-show is a good idea okay so I wasn't sure that I could like bandwidth wise be able to do a pre-show mini episode with every single interview because I didn't know how much time that would take so I was thinking and you tell me what you think I was thinking maybe once or twice a month try to do like a little 15 or 20 minute pre-show episode maybe on a Monday um and then release that person's entire Mud Story interview on a Wednesday. Um, you and I talked about that, and you still think that's an okay idea? Well, yes. I wouldn't necessarily set a date on it, you know, the exact day of the week, because you might slip one here or there. <laughs> Me? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Why would that be? I don't know. But I think that hmm. it would be a good idea, and I think having a little a day or two of separation gives you a little more time to put the final touches on yeah. on the episode that you're going to release. And so why not? Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Well, I think if I stick with the regular Mud Stories interviews on Wednesdays and then maybe a couple times a month I can do one of these mini pre-show ones that are a little more lighthearted to get to know the person that's going to be on the show on Wednesday, 
That's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking yeah, of trying not, that. Yeah, not everybody that you have on the show necessarily you would do a pre-show for. Right. I mean, not all episodes are suited for that, but right. um, the ones that are, I think it would be good. Yeah. I'm thinking if I interviewed the president or something, they, they he wouldn't have time for a pre-show. Well, I think that would <laughs> that should be the one that you would do the pre-show on, but... Well, yeah, I've, I've been working with the people, but it's a little um, chaotic right now to know who to ask. <laughs> anyway, okay, so I came up with 10 pre-show questions. You did? I did. Okay. And I want to try them out on you first because I want to see if you think they're good questions. Now, I haven't told you what these questions are. No. So I'm worried at this moment. So I'm hoping that... Okay, so I'm hoping a couple of things. Number one, that your answers are just going to be mind-blowing and compelling. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then that you're going to think they're really good questions that I should ask other people. I see. Okay. Okay. I'm game. All right, here we go. First question. What is the craziest thing you've ever eaten? Because you've been to some crazy places. Yes, I mean, you know, there's there's probably... Probably the things that are going to be what I would think would be the craziest things I've eaten would be related to seafood because most everything else that I can think of that I've eaten are pretty plain. But it seems like every time I try seafood, uh, it can get kind of too like over the top for me. An example <laughs> of this would be there used to be this shrimp place in, um, in somewhere in LA and I can't remember the name of it, but I guess the standard thing is to make it really hot. I mean, oh, really we went hot. there, we sat on a balcony, right? Didn't we read about that online? I'm not, okay. It's well, a shrimp place like on the West side. Yeah. But was it you? Yeah. Was I with you? Yes, my love. It was me. <laughs> I, was just, just, I was thinking this was way back before you. Okay. Well, that's okay. Anyway, there was nothing weird about the shrimp. It was just so hot. I started to sweat like no other. I mean, we're talking drips from all directions in every crevice. And it was just really uncomfortable for the evening. But that wasn't really that weird. I mean, probably one of the weirdest things I've had is like complete whole crawdads, you know, on a plate coming in with their beady eyeballs looking at you. That was weird. Also, I've been to Greece before and had whole uh, squid with and, the whole thing well they yeah because they catch squids really small whereas octopuses they are like you know you you'll get like just a single tentacle or a, you know just a, a part of of whatever and the, yeah you, they basically were serving up a whole squid but seems some people out there might think oh that's not unusual but that for me i think that's what it is okay i just googled shrimp restaurant that's what it's called and and, it, and this came up it's like the top thing it's called Killer shrimp. Killer shrimp. Yep. It's in Marina Del Rey. Yeah, I don't know if they still do because this was quite a few years ago. Oh, but, I pretty, I'm pretty sure they do. They but they make such hot dishes. I mean, like it's hot a, as in spicy. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah, spicy, yeah. spicy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, crazy. Like it'll melt your. Face. I remember leaving there hungry because I just could not eat it. Yeah. Was... <laughs> you were you were a red mess. Oh man. <laughs> and they and they set it on a bed of rice. So it's really inviting. The whole thing, shrimp and rice, kind of thing. Like visually. Oh yeah, visually, it's amazing. <laughs> But my goodness, I don't know what I ordered. I don't think we'll be back there. I think it was a, you know, they maybe have like one through ten, like how hot do you want it? And I must have like gotten the ten or eleven plate. I'm <laughs> thinking. I don't think you would have ordered that. I think their one is like a ten on your range. No, no, no. I can, I can handle some heat. <laughs> I know. You can. You can handle way more heat than me. Okay. 
If you could spend a week anywhere in the world, where would you go? And you've been to a lot of places in the world, so I'm curious to know what your answer to this is going to hmm. be. Because you've, you've traveled the world way more than me. Well, I think it really depends on the purpose because there's so many different things to experience. I naturally like mountain experiences. I like right. being up amongst big trees. So if I was just wanting to just breathe in deeply and relax it for sure would be in the mountains over, say, the coastline. However, I've never been to Australia, so I have a great desire at some point to go over there or the surrounding islands that are off the coast. But I have to admit that if I was just going to, if I just had one choice, one option, and I could and I could do it and at the same time feel safe, and I don't know if that's possible at this moment, but it really would be to do a full tour of the Mediterranean in every way, not just mm. a stopover, say, with a tour in Jerusalem, but one that is like I I've, I used to tour. I mean, I, when I was in my 20s, I backpacked through Europe multiple times. I think we we went over there four or five years in a you row. You went with your brother, right? Well, different people. Yeah, my brother, a good friend of mine, Brad. Um, we went over there with some friends from school one time, went over there on tour Another time. And on tour, it, you were in the Continental Singers, Yes, right? I was. <laughs> if anybody knows. Can I just say in on tour? In the 80s? No, yeah, you cannot say on tour. You yeah. did the hand motions in everything. I I've know. seen the pictures. I know, I know. It was. Yeah. I think those are wonderful days that are now <laughs> in the past. You mean you wouldn't want to go to a Continental Singers concert? Oh, I've, I have been more recently, and I've seen them. I mean, they, they continue. Tell everybody what that is. Continental Singers? Well, yeah. it, was a, it was a pretty major group, Christian-based group. That every summer would send out groups, groups of probably, now see, I don't remember, 25 or 30 musicians. This would have been in the 80s. Oh, yeah. It would be, I mean, the first time I went was in 85. Because we're mature like that. <laughs> yeah, we're older. I went in 85, and, and my group went to Great Britain, Iceland, Holland, and we were over there uh, touring. And you would just go from church to cathedral or whatever it was and, and sing a, and basically put on a, a concert that included a whole bunch of music and um, and it would, there was always a, a message at the end uh, for you know for Christ. And it was an evangelistic tool that was used by Continental Singers. And the next year I went again, but the next year I went, it was just a European tour, the whole thing. So we went all through Europe with 45 Europeans. So like there were on our bus, we had people from almost every country in Europe. That was a great tour. We had a great time. But after going those couple times, I just got the the, you know, the urge to go back and experience everything. It awakened your interest yeah, in Europe. To, to really yeah. go where the bus wouldn't go, where we were just going from church to church mm -hmm. to cathedral. But to really just just rough it, you know, as much as we can. And so that's what I would want. I mean, to get back to your question, the Mediterranean, there's so much history there. I mean, including Egypt and, and uh, Israel, and you swing around. Italy, of course. Well, yeah, Italy would be on the far, far end. But, you know, obviously Greece and Turkey are all in that whole circle. It would be great. Well, and that would take more than a week at, at, oh, no, yeah. at a point. I yeah. mean... Well, yeah, our, when I did Europe that one time... With my brother, we were there for almost six weeks. Yeah. And that's what I would want, six weeks, you know, or something like that to do it. So. Yeah. Well, I'd love you to take me to Italy. It's great. Yeah. Sometime. All right. If your house was burning down 
and you could only save three things and you know your family is safe. What three things would you save? House is burning down. What three things would you save? So not the children, right? They're, right, I, I, I yeah, said, you said yeah, that, right? Family's safe. So, because, uh, yeah, we got four kids. That's going to be kind of <laughs> hard. That'd be hard to pick. <laughs> yeah, to stand there and try to decide which one Terrible. doesn't make it. No, three things. Three, three things, right. Three important, valuable things that you wouldn't want to be without ever. I don't think there's really, honestly, there's anything in this house other than my family that I couldn't do without. Uh, there's nothing in the house that... I would say then it's my computer because I was just thinking I've got a mm. lot of pictures all over the walls, but all of those pictures are on my computer. So yeah, number one, I'd grab my computer or my backup because it really has our history. After that, I mean, I don't care about furniture. Or, uh, so three things. Wow. Um, well, I suppose if I had any any money sitting around, I probably should grab it if that happened. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. I mean, because then you can survive for a little while. Although nowadays that wouldn't, as long as you had identification, so maybe you want your wallet. So I, yeah, computer and wallet maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's just I don't know. I, well, you've you have some. Uh, I mean, not to tell you what to answer. Oh, right, well, but me in. but I'm I you know you've written some songs in your life that are on cassette tape that you might want, yeah. and we also have a bag of of our uh, memorabilia. Uh, yeah, but that'd be something you would probably grab. I yeah, mean, I mean if, if I was asking you the question, you'd probably grab your bag of, of goodies and those tapes. Nah, I don't know. Do we even know? They're I don't even know where they are. Yeah, in the garage yeah. someplace. Let's just hope the garage doesn't burn in the fire. <laughs> Other than that, I really don't know. Maybe I'll take my golf clubs. Oh, that's a good idea. I mean, you love I, to golf. I, I enjoy golfing. I mean, there are things in the garage I maybe should take. Anyway, it's so trivial. Who cares about golf clubs? The truth is, I need to get a new set of golf clubs. In fact, on my screen right now, <laughs> I've got, I'm looking at the Ping G30 irons that are out. Yes, you are. I've heard. You're multitasking. I've this heard. is how much you're enjoying the moment of this oh, yeah. interview, right? Well, th- I've heard they're amazing set of irons and so it's a shame not to shop for golf clubs while you talk to me <laughs> i'm not shopping i'm just looking at it anyway move on move on okay what is a gift you've received that you will never forget now this doesn't have to be an item it could be an act of kindness or a gesture just anything that was given to you that marked you that that you just will never forget wow that's a tough one I don't give good gifts. <laughs> well, no, you do. Well, I'm I'm actually thinking more personal, like, right. um, like, shoot, your if you want to call it that, your gift of choosing me was pretty huge in my life. Yeah, I'm serious. Aww. I mean, you think about gifts given to you and things that are more material. You know, they wear out. I mean, I'm thinking I a church I used to work for years and years ago. As a, as a nice gesture for having been there five years, they gave me a chop saw, which, you know, relatively expensive, <laughs> probably 700 bucks. But, you know, it's it's now long since worn out, and I think I sold it at a garage sale. But, and that was a meaningful gift, because obviously they pooled some money and, and bought it for me. But, you know, you think about your family, I would say, you know, the gift of you actually being willing to sacrifice as much as you did and choose me. I know it was at a time that was really rough for us, mm-hmm. but... It was, it, it's it's probably the most powerful thing that's happened for me. And then, of course, you know, even though I know I participated, 
your role in giving us children has been the best thing for me. I mean, think about it. I mean, for you too, it's got to be like one of the best gifts is the, you know, the four children that I think there's nothing that would come close, you know, any, anywhere in the ballpark of catching the, the, the value of that gift that I received from those kids. Hmm. That's so sweet. That's so sweet of you. I never expected you'd say that. Oh, really? What were you thinking? I was thinking you might say that black book that I gave you one time. Well, that was nice. Again, if it got lost in the fire, it wouldn't be in the world. If you got lost in the fire, that would be devastating. So, yeah, I'm being way too sentimental right now. But the <laughs> truth is, I'm all I can think of right now would just be people yeah. in my life. The gift that yeah. people give me on a regular basis. And really right. for all of us, the people in our lives, I think we could be more mindful of of actually showing that that's how we feel more often. It's really easy to get caught up in the everyday busyness. You know, a lot of times we're doing really busy things, you and me. And it's it's hard to stay in touch with that true gratitude of what really matters. It, it's a challenge, right? Definitely. Okay. This one's fun. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. Oh, my. You've played that before, right? Okay, so tell me three unique or surprising facts about yourself. And this might be hard because I know you well. But maybe habits, talents, quirks, just maybe anything interesting where two of them are true and one is not. You know that game? I'm familiar now with what you're talking about. So I hesitate to call it two truths and a lie because it makes me feel like I'm advocating lying. But you're going to already know. I mean, this isn't. Work I know because I you. because I I know you well. But I thought this was a good question for people uh, that I interview to ask them because who knows? I mean, most of us have our three go-to things that we say for this game. Um, I know I do, but you would know the answers to those too. So maybe that's a bad question to ask you. No, I'll I'll figure out something here. It's just going to take me a second to think about. All right, so these might be pretty generic. I'll I'll try to just offer something. So the first is that I have an iPhone Plus 6 that I use. The second would be that I offer golf lessons at a local course. And the third would be that I install Tile for showers those would be my three things (laughs) are those what you're thinking yeah two truths and a lie yeah so which one is a lie well i happen to be your best friend right susie you already know (laughs) and i happen to have been married to you for a really long time so is the do i use an iphone 6 plus yes you do oh see that could most people could think no there's no way he's but carrying that big an, thing in his pocket you weren't well it is big but it helps us because our eyes are getting squinty right i'm losing my <laughs> eyesight so i need it and then what about like tiling showers is okay, that what but i said wait, you were an android user for years for right so see time. this is kind of like brand new to me so this you know, someone could be thinking, well, but who, who Have you who found it easy, as easy to use as people say, the, the Apple product? I like it. I don't, I don't know if it's that strong of a phone over that last Android that I had. No, I don't think so. Because a while In back, fact, I talked you into buying a MacBook, and right. you were resistant. Well, I, I think the reason I got the iPhone 6 is because I do have a Mac, or at least I most recently got a Mac, and I wanted to make sure that I could do... I can use iTunes and get podcasts, which I, right. I listen to all the time, podcasts. 
And so this has been the one great thing about this phone is the connection with the podcast. It makes it much easier than I felt like I had the ability to do on that Android. However, there's things this doesn't do. For example, probably the biggest thing so far has been the downloading. It seems impossible. You can't download something out of an email or off the internet or and then have it be in a download folder right. on your phone. Hate that. Yeah. I mean, the Android... Uh, w- enabled me to go back as the, after I downloaded it it was just like a file on my computer it was just a file on my phone I could go back to it and look yeah. at it so there's definitely things that I don't but when prefer. I text you our bubbles are blue not green <laughs> in the iPhone yeah when you when you're texting someone who also has an iPhone the the bubble is blue but it if is. you text somebody with an Android it's green I've never noticed that do you have all Apple friends I don't I, I've never even thought twice about it well, anyway. So, you're saying... The people that you're texting, if it's blue, they have an iPhone. Oh, yeah, there's a good example. If it's green, well, they don't. They're all blue. Oh, no, this guy's green. See? I never knew that. There you go. There's green. Just stick with me, babe. I oh, will there's teach you. you. There's you. Oh, and you're blue. And I'm blue. I'm blue. Okay. There you go. Yeah, you're blue. We're still new Apple users. Excuse us. Yeah, well, that's cool. <laughs> okay, you mentioned podcasts. What are What are your favorite podcasts? Because we've been into podcasts for a long time, in fact. Yeah, I had the classic iPod that could store like 160 gigabyte, right. which was revolutionary for its time. And I literally had the thing packed full of pod. I mean, I would download every podcast that I wanted to listen to. And so I'd have like, I don't know, 12 or 1500 podcasts at any time I could listen right. to. And that was a great, that's a great piece, although I lost it on a cruise ship, but that's another story. <laughs> It fell. We think it fell by the side of the bed, and we didn't see it when we packed. Yeah, I used it that week, and I think somehow I missed. And then, of course, you know, within 24 hours, I was calling the ship. They hadn't left port yet. I think it was pretty quick, like within three or four right. hours. And and, uh, and they claimed they they couldn't find it. Mysteriously gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could, that's kind of suspect to me, but yeah, it's too bad. That was a bummer. But fortunately, you don't lose the podcast. So you just lose the piece that holds them. And right. So now I I, I ended up buying this iPhone. Plus or six plus, and I got you know a lot of gigabyte storage, so I can put a lot of podcasts on it. But, okay, and what do you like to listen to? Because I know Mud Stories, you listen well, to every episode, uh, right? If I just pull up my <laughs> phone right now, Mud Stories is at the very top. Mud That's, Stories with Jackie okay, Watkins. Okay, tell them why it's at the very top. Should I? I don't know. It's because you just barely subscribe to it. Oh, is that why it's at the top? <laughs> yes. No, no, no. That's not. That's not it. Yes, it is. Is it really? Do you listen to every episode? Um, I have not. Don't list- lie. I have not listened to every episode. Of course you haven't. But that's because I have so much to listen to. I mean, you're <laughs> definitely in on the list. I see. But you know, like, well, here's the most recent. Now one. I'm on the list. I wasn't on the list. No, you. You've always. You've always been there, babe. Love you. Anyway, <laughs> the. Uh, of course, I've got Cyril on here, but most uh, some of these podcasts, the more recent ones, are because you've been telling me about them. Like I've got to download Cyril, and so of course we listened then to those two sh- last two shows. I introduced you to Cyril right. on our way to the Grand Canyon on our road trip. Oh, that's right, that's right. You'd never heard Cyril before, so we listened to the first season with Adnan. Do you think Adnan's guilty? Well, he's guilty of something, if not that. Guilty of hanging around with the wrong people, yeah. like Jay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, how can you? Do what? How how can all that happen? Yeah. I anyway, I don't. That's anyway, not, digress. Not get into that. What what podcast do you like? 
Well, I got some. The most recent one that you mentioned to me that I downloaded was this, the Model Health Show. Yeah, which, he's good. Which had some good information, but I've only, I honestly only listened to maybe his two, name is Sean Stevenson. Two he, or three he, shows. Uh, he just came out with a, a, a book called Sleep Smarter. It is. I want. I really want to get it. In fact, that's on my list to go on Amazon and buy. Uh, sleep Smarter. He talks all about how we should be getting eight hours of sleep. Right. So, uh, if I look at this, I would say that. Of my top podcasts would be unbelievable. Really like oh, unbelievable. Oh, Justin Briarly. Yep. Yeah. I mean, a lot of debates between uh, atheists and Christians, and uh, I really do enjoy that. Um, and then all, who's your other buddy out of Biola? Um, oh, well, the Reasonable Faith. You know, yeah, yeah. William Lane Craig, I think he's just phenomenal. So I do listen to both his po- He has a Defenders podcast, which is a, which is actually his Sunday school class, or at least some type of Sunday school class that he does over at the church he attends, Johnson Ferry Baptist Church, I think is what it's called. But uh, that's actually kind of just being able to sit into his class at the church, and he there's just hundreds of of uh, episodes of that. That's really good. He's an incredible apologist. He, if he if he you really want to really um, grasp uh, apologetics and mm-hmm. um... yeah, his reasonable faith website with his podcast, he has probably four or five hundred um, episodes on there, almost with almost any topic when it comes to apologetics. He's a philosopher mm-hmm. and extremely effective. I've never heard him debate anybody that I wouldn't characterize him as done, you know, doing a fabulous job. Yeah. Even up against the most difficult opponents, he really is. He's quite really good. good at being level headed, even when a person might be tempted to escalate emotionally based on what someone's saying in a in a debate. Mm-hmm. He just is very even keel and super smart. Yeah, another good apologist, on, just on a different <laughs> level, is a Greg Kolko with Stand to Reason. Yeah. And what I like about Stand to Reason is just the uh, the amount of available product that they have surrounding apologetics. Just more, it's more simple, thought provoking uh, material than I would say William Lane Craig stuff, but very useful. Um, and, and good to learn so that you have an answer for mm-hmm. things. Well, you have a passion for uh, intellection, right? Yeah. One of your top five I'm a, strengths finders. I'm a knowledge hoarder. <laughs> knowledge hoarder. <laughs> Seriously, when you took the strengths finders and I found out that one of your top five was intellection, it like was like a spotlight went on like, ding, like I get you because that it said that you needed time set aside to think. Sure. Yeah, I do. Which, I, which, incidentally, you pretty much think everybody should do. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's a pet peeve of mine. Of course, who's who? Who isn't? I mean, when you talk about you know trying to think before you speak, I probably say that to my children, mm-hmm. and not daily, but just you know, you know, please think for a moment before you just blurt out whatever's on the top of your head. So, right for sure, yeah. I've gotten better at that I'm, since knowing you. Absolutely, you're great. <laughs> Okay, so back to the question. You were saying you have an iPhone 6. Okay, so I know that's true. Right. Okay. As far as the uh, tiling... Yeah. Okay. Yes, you tile. I know that's well, true. Of course I tile because if you know me, I'm a, I'm a general contractor. So I, I spend a lot of time remodeling kitchens and bathrooms and other parts of the house. So we, uh, we tile bathrooms... But go way beyond that, you know, electrical, plumbing, everything. We basically yeah. uh, kind of one-stop shop for people when they want something remodeled in their home. So that's what we do. Okay. Well, we can talk more about that, you know, on the Wednesday show. Okay. 
No problem. Okay, and so obviously you don't teach golf lessons at a local at course. At a local course. Right. Although that's very close to what I do <laughs> because um, I thought maybe that someone would think that that's obviously what I do because I mentioned the, the golf clubs earlier in our... Which just, are still on your screen right well, now. Well, I'm not even looking at it though, so... Okay. But I don't actually <laughs> teach lessons at a at a golf course. What I do is I'm the, I'm the middle school golf coach for the school my kids attend and actually two of my kids are on the team, so... I do, in essence, teach them a little bit as the coach, uh, but certainly it's not, I'm not a pro, far from it. So <laughs> I, I, I'm good you enough. You love golf. I, I do love golf. I, I have been playing golf since I was in middle school. Uh, a great buddy of mine from years gone by, Jeff, uh, he also loved golf. And so I think maybe as early as sixth grade, we would go out together occasionally on the weekends and go to a course when I say it's Hatch, it's over in Turlock. I can't, I can't remember the details. Because you grew up in Turlock. I grew up in Turlock, yeah. Turlock, California. Turlock, California. And uh, we would go golf and, and probably bug the heck out of, uh, you know, the adults that were there, these little 6th and 7th graders out there trying to play golf. But we had a great time. <laughs> so many good memories. And now here I am, the middle school coach, and these are middle schoolers. And I would say many of them are so far advanced from where I was in 6th and 7th grade. So it's it's fun. That's that's awesome. Yeah. I, I know that they, they didn't have a coach and you were like, I could do that. Yeah, it wasn't like I'd done this for a long time at all. It was just that uh, they offer golf, but they did not have a coach for the middle school. So I volunteered and here I am. Here you so are. So it's good. Well, I'm hoping it's a good season. I hope, I hope the kids learn and have fun. I think they will. I'm sure they will. Okay. So next question. What is something you've used, bought, or eaten lately that you think we have to know about before another day goes by. Something that you've used, bought, or eaten that's just amazing. Wow. Okay. Just one thing? I might give you... Latitude? Latitude, yeah. Okay. Well, on the Eaton side, I don't, I don't think it's that much of a secret anymore, at least in Southern California. But there's a place called Wahoo's that... I have decided serves some of the best carnita tacos that there are. And these are unique in that uh, it has just the right balance of meat and kind of a cabbage slaw they put on it. I always put some tapatio, you know, some pico de gallo, just a whole mix of it. It's just fabulous. And I've also figured out that it's a good way to kind of control calories at lunchtime because it's really easy for me when I'm out. Uh, working on homes. I'm in a neighboring city. I could bring a lunch, but I don't like packing lunches in the morning. So I usually go out to eat for lunch and that can get crazy pretty quick, you know, as far as your calorie intake. So this is like a perfect 500 calorie meal, a couple tacos with some iced tea and it's just fabulous. I, I think everybody should should try it at least once. Great place. Yeah. yeah, they really do have good, really fresh food. Okay. Besides a family member, so no family member. Name one person who has touched your life and share how they've had a profound influence on you. Now, this might be a person you know or interacted with, but it could also be an author whose words you read or just someone who, as a result of, of being touched by their material or their thoughts or their work, changed the course of your life. Well, let's think of this through. 
there's going to be there's going to be uh, two different probably kinds of people. I mean, I, I can't. It's hard to narrow it down to one. I'm gonna I'm gonna mention two. One is a guy, and his name is Chris. He is younger than me, and we met at church, and right away we kind of hit it off as friends. And there's a lot of things that he did, he does that I do, and we have we 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 had no trouble communicating. You have a lot in common. Yeah, a lot in common. One. I have been involved with music for quite some time, and that's something that has always interested him, but he really didn't have an opportunity to really expand and become a better uh, player. And so I just happened to be in uh, one of the rotated uh, worship leaders at the church we were attending in a, it's kind of a classic traditional service that they would that they would have that was separate than the main auditorium service that they have. And they did that because people, mainly because the people wanted Different music to worship by, and like so he, more hymns, more tr- sure, more traditional, sure, old, older traditional music. Yeah, and of course, I grew up playing and singing that stuff, so I'm real familiar with it. Anyway, because I was in charge, I gave him the opportunity to start playing keyboard in the in the group, and it was really a a stretching experience for him. Since then, we don't attend the same church anymore, but I hear that he's now on a worship team band that at another church that he's attending and. He's extremely grateful for the impact that I had on his life. He's also one of the men that are in, is in my men's group. I, I lead a men's group in which we once a month meet for about five hours. We call it Bible and Beer. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> He's not lying. Well, anyway, yeah. the, the idea is that we get together. We often have read a book during that month, and we come back, and we everybody gives insight to everybody else. It's and I get kicked out of the house. I kick all the, yeah, everybody, it's, it's just a man thing. And we get a chance to to really mentor each other. But I am the leader of the group, and, and, and I've had, I feel like I've had a good impact on his life. The, what I'm trying to say about that, how has that affected me, though? And that is, he's, he has, he's one person that has given me an opportunity to feel like I can use a lot of the things that God's given me, which has really affected me. It's, it's inspired me to even do more of that, to want to help people. And so Jackie and I have been involved in groups to, you know, interacting with people that are on their pathway, on their road to certain things. For example, we've done marriage mentoring. Another group that we were involved in, we were doing kind of initial welcome to Christianity group mm-hmm. type of, so we met. That for, was an Andy Stanley curriculum. They gave us an Andy Stanley curriculum and we were, it was kind of the, the framework that we went by, but, it gave us the opportunity to talk and, and share our lives and our mm-hmm. where we were with Christ and how the Bible uh, is is uh, intertwined in our daily walk. Just the whole world. It was view. for people who had just become believers, right, to understand what the Bible is, what you know the Trinity is, oh, all, just, the foundation, yeah, all things. the details yeah. of uh, kind of why we believe what we believe, which is right up your alley. Yeah, I really do enjoy that. <laughs> So that would be that would be the one thing would be people that have come into my life. Chris is one, but just that have given me the opportunity mm. to grow myself. Because you know what, when you have somebody that you're that you feel like you're on the hook, on the line to tr- to teach or train, that should inspire you. It does me inspire mm. you to do your own study. Um, you'll read more, you'll study more, you'll become a more knowledgeable person, 
because you feel the urgency mm-hmm. to be prepared. And so I think that's great. So not only do we need mentors that we can look to, but we really should be actively mentoring people, not only because they're going to benefit from it, but we benefit yeah. from it too. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so he was the first one you said you okay, wanted to so, mention yeah, too. Right. Well, the second one would be then a person that has really impacted me because of their knowledge. And that would be Alan. Uh, Alan is a pastor at a church in Florida. He has impacted me tremendously in uh, in his understanding of Scripture. And so I have listened to every podcast, anything I can get a hold of. We we actually uh, have been involved with the church from a support standpoint. But in addition to that, he pretty much has uh, provided me any information that I need. He even I get PDFs of his of his sermons and and uh, he's written a book. I mean, he's just He's just an incredibly well-rounded Christian who has spent a tremendous time studying Scripture, and I think he's just right on. I really think that he's he's got a great understanding, and he probably has done the most to influence my life in uh, in how I view Christ and and the position that I'm in in relation to him. Right, right, and it was an incredible moment when we got to uh oh yeah so we go to florida (laughs) and we got to meet him and his wife in person that's right yeah so i set it up i mean basically i gave him a call that was bold for you because you you're more of an introvert would you say oh definitely i'm an introvert i mean to email somebody that you've listened to on a podcast and say hey i'm gonna be in your area can i meet you i mean that if you've ever experienced (laughs) you know having listened to someone online for literally a few years and you get used to their voice and their mannerisms even though you can't see them you you get to know who they are and you think that you you really feel like you know them Mm -hmm. and sure enough i you know i reached out to him and said hey we're going to be in florida we i think we're going on a cruise or something yeah you're like like, i'm really not a weird fan boy yeah (laughs) but i'd love to take you i said i'd love to take you out to lunch Uh and you know a couple emails later i think a phone call uh, is you know we're renting a car and driving across we're gonna dro- Florida. Basically, we drove all the way across Florida from Fort Lauderdale across to the other side, and met with him and his wife. And they lovely they, little they were just wonderful beach oh, yeah. restaurant. Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was real. It was it's just unusual because all of a sudden that voice is in front of you in a person, and uh, <laughs> you're like, is this real? It was it was unusual. <laughs> Since then, of course, now I've talked to him on the phone so many times. He calls me for advice, even which is kind of amazing. But uh, probably, you know, I'm, and I'm sure he realizes it. But really, he's the one that's impacted me. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been, it's been a great relationship. So I and that, we should all have that person we can look to. You know, yeah, a mentor. Yeah, and that's how I see him. It's not just like he's my pastor. He's you know, I attend I attend that church locally here, but. I see him more as just a mentor of mine, you know, and, and maybe it's more from a biblical, you know, like a biblical mentor, yeah. but that's what, how I see it. So yeah. it's really, I've, it's been great. It's been great. Yeah. yeah. What verse or passage of scripture has meant the most to you? And I know there's a lot. I think for me, i you know, I, I suppose I've been asked that question many times over the years, you know, for in different settings. It's kind of a cheesy and, question. Well, no, no, I don't mind the question. Although I will say for me, it just is ever changing. I, right. I, I have a hard time just saying, hey, it's this verse that is my life verse. I think <laughs> some people are that way. Yeah. I just haven't been that way. So it's, you know, I, I I would say that depending on my season of my life, it has varied. I mean, I, I was asked that same question 
when I graduated from high school because I went to a Christian school my senior year. They put verses next to our pictures in the yearbook. And I think at the time I put Psalm 41 and 2, um, which is a verse that you and I have you know, studied right. a little bit because we've used it in our own mud story. But um, I think that probably today I would probably lean towards 1 Peter 3.15, which is the, uh, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord, always being prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And I suppose in my life um, right now, and, and probably has been for several years, really having an answer for people for why you believe what you believe, giving a reason for this hope that you have in Christ. Well, even in a you know example of this would be uh, Matt, you know your right. son, or my stepson. He 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 just asks a ton of questions. He's at a place in his life yeah. where we will literally sit down. And before I can finish the answer to the first question, he'll have another question. This could go on for He's 20 and he's just hungry yeah, for he's information. Hungry. And so I just felt a strong need, not just with him, but with my own children and for the guys that I mentor or you know people that I run to, to be prepared to always have an answer. And when I don't, I, don't, I certainly don't try to be arrogant about it. I, I simply will say, you know, I don't know. But if you'll just give me a little bit of time, I'm going to look into this and I will come back and I'll yeah. talk to you about it. I think that's key. But I think it's better to be just as prepared as you can. So I think that verse, I think Peter really nails it on the head that we need to always be prepared. We need to have an answer. And most importantly, for our own children, I think we yeah. always need to be prepared for that. And you can just anticipate a lot of the questions that they're going to ask and uh, know kind of how you're going to respond instead of coming across like, you're not the person that they can turn to mm -hmm. in a time when they have a question. I want to be the person that they know they can turn to mm -hmm. when they have a question. But in honesty, in, you know, uh, because... Humility. Yeah, in humility, because they need to realize that it's not that you're suggesting you're a know-it-all. You're just always offering them a, a solution to maybe where they're at. And I think Well, you're offering truth. You know, what... what you hold to as truth. And I think for a lot of people, it's hard for them to know where to start. I'd like to revisit this topic when we talk for the, for the Wednesday show, because I think there's a lot of tips that you might be able to give people if, if they maybe aren't as familiar with their Bible or they don't really know where to start. I'm sure you have a lot of, um, things you could say. So, okay. Two more. Okay. Other than the Bible, what is one of your go-to things you can depend on to help get you through mud that you're facing? Whether it's like a hardship on a job or stress from your schedule or, you know, a parenting thing, a marriage thing, whatever the quote-unquote mud is. What is something other than the Bible that you go to to kind of help mitigate that, that muddy place? It's something you rely on that, that you've found always works. <laughs> Did I ask the question long enough for you to think about it? <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I for me, I yeah, it's easy. That, that's an easy uh, answer for me. Okay. Uh, because it's not another book. It's a person. It would be you. I, I'm serious. Me? I, I, well, hun, l listen. Are you for real? Well, I, I don't think this is unusual. I think any spouse, if they feel a connection with their 
significant other with their person with their person that they can bounce their thoughts and feelings and emotions and everything in you know the truthfulness aspect of it with their spouse and i mean for me that's easy i i would say when you know I even call you during the day sometimes. When, you call me every day. You know, so that I at can, lunch. you know, something's going on. Yeah, well, I had to lunch kind of early, and so I know she's not eating yet, but I would say that I I try to do that routinely, and certainly on the bigger issues, yeah, other than, you know, leaning towards, you know, and the Bible in the sense of how we should live our lives, uh, leaning towards a person. I mean, in this case, it's easy. It'd be you, babe. I like being your person. Well, I'm glad that you I are. I like when you call me at lunch. Do you miss me on the days I'm at the hospital? You can't call me at lunch. Well, I can text you or vox you or That's something. True. I mean, it's That's not like true. you're completely unreachable. But true. no, I would I would refrain from the long conversations for sure. Right, right, right. Okay, last question. You've done so well. Really? Okay. <laughs> okay. If you could give one sentence of advice to anyone facing mud today, or maybe something you would have told yourself when you were facing mud... What would you say? What would that one sentence be? Wow. That's a hard question, huh? Is that too hard of a question to ask people? Well, no, I'm sure it, people can think of something. I, I think it's very difficult to hone it down to just one, okay, one you line. Okay, can, you can have an and in there. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I think, I think maybe you should ask the question like, what is something that you, you, know, you can offer? Okay, well, As I was trying to, to avoid them answering with like a long paragraph and it just see. going on and on and right, on. Right, because it gets lengthy. Okay. Right. So one like, like a Like a snippet that could be tweeted or something, you know. Hmm. Are you on Twitter? <laughs> I do have a Twitter account. I think there's, I have one tweet. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've never, you're so cute. I, I know, I've never gotten into it. And the only reason I have that account is because you, you said I should have it. So and I, you have Instagram and Facebook. The, um... Okay. Yeah, so how would you phrase that question? I mean, I suppose if I was to offer one thing, it would depend on what we're talking about. For example, are we talking about our difficult relationships with our with our spouses? Are we talking about difficult relationships with our children? Or, well, or just, just in the, general, adversity. Maybe not relationships at all. Adversity or suffering or hardship or, you know, when people are facing that, that thing that's in their life, what is a sentence of encouragement or inspiration from your own experience you would give to them or something you wish you would have been told when you were going through you know a hard thing well i think i would just go to well the truth is you've said it many times on your podcast but it's the truth it is absolutely the truth for me and that is there's nothing you can do to separate yourself from god's love mm-hmm. god sees us through the righteousness of christ and so we can't be horrible in that sense because we're covered in that clothing. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there's nothing that you can do to inspire God's love for you because he again sees you through Christ and he loves Christ. And it's that clothing that we carry that is Christ that allows God to love us. Mm-hmm. And I don't... I well, think, he sees the perfection of Christ, not our imperfection. Right. So even though we have great moments in which maybe we're doing the things we should do and we have horrible moments because we do the things we shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. When we are in Christ, we are 
seen only through the clothing that we wear that's that's righteous that's that's the covering they have in christ so i think that that is a benefit mm-hmm. to us when we're in the middle of challenges problems mud mm-hmm. um, things that we've done wrong that it shouldn't be a defeater for us we should pick up ourselves and realize that we are in christ and it's not like god all of a sudden hates us because we've done something wrong right um, and also, he doesn't. We don't get bonus points because we're like the best Christian service person ever. You know, it, it goes both ways. Absolutely, really. And and there's a security in that. There is. We shouldn't feel, even though it should be part of who we are, we shouldn't feel that somehow we're gaining points by doing more things, more services, more good, m- more good. Mm-hmm. Even though I think that we should, I think the Bible's pretty clear that that's. That that is part of what we offer. It's part of loving others and all of those things. But in God's eyes, he still sees us through the perfection of Christ. Right. So we can't do... His holiness We can't ours. do enough good to you know, get the bigger position in God's eyes. Well, and somebody asked happen. me in email a while back, uh, how can I overcome this shame and guilt? I feel like I don't deserve it and, and I can't... I don't deserve the love that God has offered and I and I don't know how to shake the shame and guilt and I wrote back to them and I said that is the point we don't deserve it and knowing that makes God's love all the more profound and and our obedience comes out of gratitude for that right Good point no yeah. absolutely we are We obey and do good because we're so thankful Yes yeah we are individuals who have been given an incredible gift and we have to realize that there's nothing we can do to obtain it. It's simply given to us. Right. And so in moments where we're regretful, we're wishing that we hadn't done something we should have, that we did, um, it's in those moments we have to realize, yes, exactly. We, we are those yeah. completely imperfect people. Mm-hmm. And thanks be to God who's given us you know, what he has. That incredible gift. Yep, that's right. Yep. Well, hey... That was a pre-show. <laughs> well, that was that the pre-show. That was a pre-show. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I think your pre-show. You're kind of are... long-winded. It, is that the problem? I talk too much. No, you never talk too much. Well, I think it's just because I'm having a conversation with you. It's because it's it's morning and we're we're just here by ourselves, yep. getting to have a conversation in the Kick, quiet, kicking the feet up on the couch. Right. Nice. All right. Well, I'm so glad you said yes, and I'm gonna catch up with you another time, and we're gonna. Uh, we're going to record your med story. You are? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> They're going to have that overload. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, we can let a long time go by before you ever come on again. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks again. Love you. Love you, babe. Well, that's all for this episode, at least for the pre-show. And I promise you this, this pre-show episode is way longer than any other pre-show episode will ever be. Rest assured of that. I'm so glad you joined me today. And I can't wait to see you Wednesday this week. Thad will be back and we'll dive into some mud together. And until then, I want you to know you are so loved and you are never, ever alone. Have a beautiful day.